So the message today is feels more for me at least like a father just speaking to this church and this family. We're not our great polished church. If you're like new to this place, like we're not too polished. Um, a lot of times we do get the lyrics up. Today we didn't. You know, we don't have that bulletin that you walk in or you're going to fill in as the sermon goes kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Um, but I do pray that we are a church that loves God and that makes Jesus the most important thing. And so today, as I speak to you guys, I just speak out of a burden, out of something that the Lord's been impressing upon me. Um, yeah, I just feel like today, uh, today I'm supposed to speak about endurance. I'm supposed to speak about having endurance in God. And that if you don't quit in this thing, you're actually going to win. But there's something in all of us at times that wants to quit. And I know that the Holy Spirit wants to drive that out, that we're not a people who ever quit. And that we just continue in this thing with God. So next month, I turn 40. Pretty pumped about this. Don't miss February 9th, bringing up a bunch of my homies. Mac and Ryan will lead worship. It's going to be fun. It's my birthday. Um, next month, too, it marks 15 years of doing ministry in Isla Vista. I started in February of 2005. And next year marks 19 years of crowning Jesus king. This Jesus thing is becoming so real for me. Like it's becoming so real, this kingdom and what we're living for and what we're doing. The beautiful thing about Holly and me is we've never had a plan B. I'm so grateful for a wife that's only had one plan and that's been Jesus. And I've only had one plan and that's been him. And I believe that one plan has actually kept us in Isla Vista all these years. That if we ever gave ourselves a plan B in life, we would have been out. But we only had a plan A, and it was just yes to him. And until he says yes to somewhere else, we're staying. And we're going to follow him in the call. And I'll tell you this, as you're going to get older and you're going to go through life, your yes is going to get challenged. The things that you're coming into agreement for, the things that you're running after. I'm so grateful to be in a church with a lot of 20-year-olds and a lot of youthful zeal. But there's things that are going to get tested in you that have not been tested yet. It said of Joseph that every word that over his life was being tested by God. And for those of you new, I think I'm just, the more I, the longer I'm walking with God, the more I watch, the more I see, the more I see people leave here, do well, not do well. And I think for me, when we say yes to Jesus, we're not signing up for an easy life. Sometimes you're actually signing up for a harder life. I've had multiple seasons, moments, times when I've wanted to quit. And I'm just being authentic and very real with you guys. There has been times in this journey that I've wanted to quit on the call, that I've wanted to quit on the ministry, that I wanted to quit on people. And I could be so grateful and say, I've never wanted to quit on my marriage, but man, I've had times where it's like marriage is not fun. 
And I have times in parenting that I've wanted to quit. And I have quit sometimes in the sense of like, I'm just going to look at my phone now because I don't want to deal with that. You're going to have times if you want Jesus and you want the kingdom that you're going to feel like you want to quit. That's just the reality. Because if you want to go after this thing, there's going to be opposition to this thing. And something in you is going to want to quit. But remember, if you don't quit in this thing, you're going to win. You're going to win not only this life, you're going to win in the life to come. Store for yourself, right? Treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy, where things cannot break in and steal. You're storing up treasures there. You're not trying to store up your treasures here. And when we don't quit, you're storing them up. See, guys, everyone wants to wear the crown of royalty, you know, like you're royalty in Jesus, and you are. But before you put on a crown, you have to embrace a cross. And most of this time on earth is a cross. It's not a crown, which is why Paul talks a ton about there's a crown laid up for me. Not only me, but all those who loved his appearing. See, when I, signed, when I signed up for Jesus at 21, I met Jesus in an encounter in a worship service like this. And I was just pumped. I was just like, he is real. I'm all in. I'm good. There was small print. I didn't even care. I was like, I'm here. Yes. You know, like I really did not know what I was signing up for. And either do you fully. It says Abraham was called to a place not knowing where he was going to receive an inheritance. He was going somewhere, but he didn't know exactly how it was going to work itself out. This thing has cost me. I've never once regretted my yes to Jesus, but man, there is a cost to falling Christ. It's cost me my time, so much time, right? It's cost inconvenience. I mean, God will inconvenience you with things. I mean, this Thursday, I finally had a little window to go home at like four o'clock. And I felt like the Spirit said, go home. Because I was going to the library to prep for the sermon. He's like, go home. I was like, cool, I'm going home. Home 30 minutes, someone calls me. Frantic. Jason, Jason, my husband's gonna take his life. Da, 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 da. You know, he's, he's going out to Isla Vista right now. It's like... I asked God, okay, where is he? I mean, it's amazing. You can actually hear the voice of God. God told me exactly where he was going to be. That's exactly where he was. So, inconvenience, though. My flesh doesn't always want to go serve. Doesn't always want to go, like, listen to people. Doesn't always want to go minister to people. But when your life's not your own, you just give it away. See, some of us have been... In, you're talking to someone who values inner healing, who values emotional health. But sometimes at the expense of inner peace, we have lost hunger for Jesus. We've tried to make our own season here and then we've lost our hunger for him. And never forget, life is always upward, not inward. Hmm, that kind of stung a few of you. I felt the resistance in the room. Following Jesus cost me friends for different reasons. It's cost me dreams. 
just letting things go. He's better than dreams, though. It's cost me my reputation at times. Man, I've been thrown under buses multiple times. That's just the life of following Jesus. It's cost me being understood. If your life's looking to be understood, it's gonna be tough. Especially if you wanna live by faith because it doesn't always make sense logically. And often your life of living by faith will cost people around you more than it costs you. Because they're like, what are you doing with your life? Why are you doing it like that? You should be doing this. And you're just living by faith. But you're being misunderstood. At the end of the day, guys, following Jesus is gonna cost you everything. We sometimes, I don't know, we've lost sometimes the call. His initial call was, if anyone wants to come after me, you gotta deny yourself. You gotta take up your cross and you gotta follow me. It wasn't, if you wanna come after me, I'm gonna back massage you, speak incredible destiny over your life and like, you know, piggyback ride you there. It's like, no, you're gonna have to go and follow that. We can't go through life thinking we're gonna get treated better than Jesus was treated. That would be pretty silly, right? That we'd be treated better than him. He said this, guys, in this world you're gonna have tribulation, but take courage, I've overcome the world. See, as we go through this, guys, it's not about being an all-star Christian. It really isn't. It's about that we would continue to believe in Jesus, that we would keep the faith and that we would run the race with endurance. As long as we're getting back up when we're falling down, as long as we're choosing him again and going again, it's like this is what it looks like to win, to not give up, but to keep moving forward with him. If you don't quit, guys, you win. You win in this life. Can you put up Hebrews 10, 35 through 36? Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. I'm gonna read it again. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. What is biblical endurance? What does it mean? The strength in God to continue despite fatigue, stress at times, and adversity in life. Guys, too many believers are casting away their confidence in God due to adversities in life. Guys, hear what I'm saying. I've watched it. I've seen it in my own life at times wanting to do this. Because of adversity in life, we're casting away our confidence in this man, Jesus, and who he says he is and the promises over our life. Guys, if our goal in life is comfort or ease or avoid all that's hard or difficult, you're gonna throw away your confidence in God. It's just a matter of time. Our goal cannot be comfort. 
Our goal cannot be ease. Our goal has to be Jesus, or we will throw away this confidence in him. Because the reality is this, we're in a fallen world. This is not heaven. Can I get an amen? There's a few head nods, praise them. This is not heaven. We're in a fallen world. That's why we're praying, heaven, please come down into earth. Guys, we're born into a war, and there's always opposition in this thing. Let me ask you something, and only you know the answer to these kind of questions, but do you have a vision for the glory of God in your life? Do you have a vision for the kingdom of God breaking into earth? I've said this before, vision will give pain purpose. You have to have vision to go through pain in life. Hebrews, not Hebrews, Proverbs 28 says, without vision, the people live without restraint. See, vision will restrain you. If you get a hold of the vision of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, if you get a hold of a kingdom of God that's breaking in, that's growing at the increase of his government, his peace, there's no end, and you see yourself a part of this thing and you realize what's going on is a larger story, a bigger story, and you don't have to take trials personal anymore, That gives you vision to endure hardship, to endure pain, to endure things coming against you. Guys, vision will always call you to live differently and to see differently. Don't throw away your confidence. It has a great reward. You know, this thing goes on. Do you know that we're just training for raining right now? This is a really short time in, the, in this whole thing. This thing goes long. Don't throw away this confidence. It actually has a great reward one day. Our whole society trains us to be instantly gratified. You do not have to be instantly gratified. Your true gratification is coming one day. And it's worth waiting for. Come mid-December, God's been having me in a season of like solitude and silence and just turning back to my mystical roots and sitting. And then he just ambushed me on a quiet time. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. And he spoke four words so clear to me. Discipline, endurance, alert, and sober-minded. And it was just, it, you know how sometimes God can just like, almost feels like an earthquake, like the platonic plates are shifting. But he was reminding me something, that passivity in this life will kill us. It'll kill me, it'll kill the vision of Isla Vista, it'll kill the call in our lives. Like the kingdom of God is not a passive kingdom. The Bible actually says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent and violent men take it by force. And I love the Central Coast, but something over the whole Central Coast is a spirit of passivity. It's a spirit of just like, cool, bro, good. We don't know. We don't need to be in a hurry. I'll pray, but we can pray later. It's just like there's a passivity over the Central Coast. When the Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violent and violent men want to take it by force, meaning they are going after this thing. There's an assertiveness. There's an eagerness. There's an alertness. There's an urgency to this thing. If you read the Gospel of Mark 
continuously out. It uses the word. And then suddenly, and then suddenly, it was just like things were happening. Things were moving. People were, what's next? What's next? Guys, kick back Christianity. It's not helping us. It's actually hurting us. And I think sometimes the suffering we go through sometimes is self-inflicted suffering from our past of Christianity. That instead of us advancing and taking this thing serious, it's smacking us in the face. Instead of God being like, that was me nudging you at seven to get up so we could hang out. Then you got up at nine, you had to face the day and you're like, oh, here comes the day at me. I was like, I was trying to get you prepared at seven. My watch goes off at 6.15. I'm like, no. My wife's like, pushes me. She's like, your alarm's going off. It's like, no, you know, the covers are so nice. I don't want to go on that run right now and get on my rower and do things. The flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. That's Jesus, not me. Guys, our flesh, it wants to give up. My flesh, your flesh, it wants to give up. But the spirit's always willing. Who likes the Rocky movies? Anyone? A few of us. I'm old, so I'm in the 80s, so like, I don't know. Whatever. Rocky movies are awesome. Anyway, what I love about Rocky, he wasn't the strongest. He wasn't even big. He wasn't even that smart. Barely can talk. (laughs) Sorry, Rocky. But this is the thing about Rocky. He never gave up. He never gave up. And because he never gave up, Rocky always won. He always won. And even when he lost, he still won. Because he knew he left it all on the floor. He left it all in the ring. He never gave up. See, do we have a vision for I'm not giving up? I'm not giving up. I'm all in. I don't know what's gonna come against me, but Jesus, I said yes to you and I'm not giving up. I'm gonna continue to march forward. During my premarital council, one of the best things we do, we got to the section on divorce and he said, we're gonna skip it. And me and Holly said, 100%. That word's not in our vocabulary. We're not giving up. Doesn't matter what we've been through, what's happened, we're just not giving up. If you could throw up that Second Timothy verse, chapter four. This is the end of Paul's life, guys. End of Paul's life. So you should probably pay attention to what he's writing here. And he's writing to Timothy. He says, From a, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come, and I have fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award for me on that day. And not only me, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. Come on. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the course. He had to run something, right? He had to fight something. And he had to keep his faith.
There's a fight for our faith, for our affections, for our gaze, for our eyes. You've heard me say it. I'm not going to go into it. I gave a whole sermon two months ago about the war that we're in. We have to do something about it. We can't take a passive approach. You're in the war, even if you don't want to be in the war. You're like, I don't do war. You're in a war. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if you don't do war. Be alert. Be sober-minded. Why? Because the devil, the enemy, he's prying around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That's 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 3. Be alert. Be sober-minded for the purpose of prayer. Same language. You have to be alert. You have to be sober with your mind and your thoughts. Guys, we're in a war. And he's always looking for the weak link. He's always looking for prey. You know about the Spartans? Trained warriors, 600s or so. BC and the Greece. Those guys were nuts. At the age of seven, they would take the boys and they would train them from seven to 20, 13 years of training. Mentally strong, physically strong, no plan B. We're training for one thing, to be a warrior. Why do we think it's any different being in the kingdom of God? When there's an enemy that's coming after you, coming after me, coming after your family, housemates, roommates, your church. And we think we can just take a passive approach and be flippant with our thoughts, our time, our resources. It doesn't work that way. And that's why I said some of the suffering you have, it's self-afflicted. It's because you're taking a passive approach. And you're hoping God just does it all. See, grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. That's not mine. That's Dallas Willard. That's rich. You can actually do stuff with God. And he'll bless that. And he'll work with that. You can't earn anything. You can't grow yourself. You can't change yourself. But you can put yourself before him and watch what he does. Guys, this lamb, he's worthy. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of our time and our tension. He's worthy of what we're gonna do with our body, what we're putting into it. See, you eat whatever you wanna eat now. This is for you, wife. But your spouse in your 80s may be like, why didn't you take care of yourself better? Your soul, your thought life, all that stuff, you gotta watch for that stuff. You can't just hope you have a healthy soul. You got to actually do stuff to get a healthy soul. Guys, can you imagine, just imagine Navy SEALs going into the craziest places, doing the craziest thing, mentally need to be so sharp and prepared physically, and they're like, nah, we're not training for that mission. We don't need to do anything. Let's just watch another football game. Watch movies all day, cool. We'll get them. Bad guys, I'm gonna get you. It would never fly. Those guys are so diligent. They have plans for backup plans for backup plans. If stuff goes wrong, and they're all in sync in what they think. 
which is why like the buds training is a like, I think it's four months long. But within like the first week, almost everyone's out. Only 6%. Everyone who goes in thinks like, I'm gonna be a Navy SEAL. Only 6% make it through. Because they just take you out. Physically, mentally. But these guys go in with a mindset of like, we're going to war. Guys, can you imagine an Olympic athlete not training? They're like, I'm amazing. Like six months ago I did this. I don't need to train. I know the Olympics are coming. I'm good. Cool. We'll make it happen. It's like, no, you won't. You'll lose. A farmer? I'm not going to plant any crops. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill. I think God's going to put out the seed. God's going to do the seed. Yeah. I don't know how, but yeah, he does miracles. It's going to be an amazing harvest. No, it's not. You have nothing to eat. You haven't done anything. Can you put that verse up, Mark? 2 Timothy 2, 4 through 7. Is this the verse? It's not the verse. That's probably my bad, though, not your bad. Oh, it does? Okay, that's the verse. Thank you, Mike, for reading the verse. <laughs> no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life, so he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win unless the prize he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. I love that last line. It's like, what? Don't worry about it. The Lord will give you understanding in everything, Timothy. You got this. Discipline for discipline sucks. Just sucks. Discipline for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God, for the purpose of God, that's cool. I can get behind that. We need to know our why. Your why needs to be like, that's why I'm alive. That's why I do what I do. That's why I walk through the trials I go through. Your why needs to be solid in your life. And if your why isn't, you need to figure out why why you're alive, why you're doing what you're doing. My mission on earth is to live a life that inspires and encourages people to live for Jesus alone. I look at that daily. Got it on a paper. It says, write the vision down, make it plain, people can run with it. Got a few other things written down. I gotta stare at that stuff daily. Why? Because I'm like you. My mind is prone to wonder. I forget, why am I doing what I'm doing? God's like... Right here, son. Okay, cool. Can we put up one more verse? First Corinthians nine twenty five through twenty seven. Do you not know that those who run a race all run? No, let's try it again. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. 
I box in such a way as not without beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. See guys, endurance, going back to endurance, it's the secret sauce because if you don't have endurance, you will quit in this life. And so we need to ask ourselves, how do we get endurance? I'm not gonna make it complicated. I'm kind of like Rocky. I'm not that smart. I'm just not gonna quit. But you actually get endurance by enduring things. How do I learn to pray? By praying. How do I endure things? By enduring things. I mean, I wish you can read a book and it just like imparts endurance. And you're just like, I just, wow, I'm gonna go. <laughs> and you can get inspired by books and encouraged by books and like, come on. But at the end of the day, you're gonna have to walk that thing out, whatever that may be. It's the same thing. I wish someone could just pray for me, like endurance. Actually, that, maybe that helped. I don't know, maybe. I was up at Bethel and, uh, years ago, and Bill was there, and I was like, I want to have Bill Johnson pray for me. I go, I go, can you pray for me? He's like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know, man, just pray. He's like, no, what do you want? I was like, endurance, you know? Just came out of my mouth. But again, <clears throat> Hebrews 12 says this, run the race with endurance, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Run the race with endurance, doing what? Ha ha, Jesus, Jesus, yes, yes. Not fixing your eyes on your trials, on your suffering, on what you're going through, on all the problems, actually fixing your eyes on that man. That's a key to running this race with endurance. And I'll say this, if you really want to endure, don't waste or despise the trials that you're going through. If you want to grow endurance, don't waste the trials. See, I've needed hard bosses. I've had two. I would never pick them. I would never want them. But I believe God gave me them. Hard bosses taught me how to honor a leader that I didn't agree with. Hard boss taught me how to go low when I did not want to go low and everything in me was like, don't you know who I am? Hard boss actually told me how to kill self-pity. Instead of feeling so sorry for myself, I could have said, you know what? I don't need to feel sorry for myself. This isn't helping me. I'm here to serve you. I'm with a guy who's 89 years old. When I first started working for him, it was not fun. He was driven and he was mean at times. He also made me cry once, but I held it back so he didn't see it. He's old school. You don't want to do that. <laughs> but he loves me now. He took, just sent me and Holly to Cancun, Mexico, $4,000 all inclusive. I was like, bless you. <laughs> he gives us church. But I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit that job at times. But when I got the job, God gave me one word about taking that job. Serve this man. And I've never had a plan B. 
And it's probably not a month goes by, I don't hear God say that to me. Even this week, his wife wanted me to put away their like Christmas tree and I wanted to go do other things and have other things going on. And then I hear God, serve them. Yeah, I could do the tree right now. <laughs> Honestly, it's exactly how it went. Guys, I've needed the season in my early 20s where I was working full-time and going to school full-time and doing church stuff. Why? Because God needed to show me, you can do it. You can put your head down and you can do it, Jason. I didn't know I can do it until he did it with me. I've needed not one kid, not two kids, not three kids, not four kids, not five, but six kids. I've needed all six to try to break control in me. It's still strong, but God is breaking control. (laughs) So you don't have control once you have kids, and you'll realize that. But I've needed six to God to try to break this thing out of me. (laughs) Could have despised it, but I said, no, we're gonna choose this. This may be hard for some of your theologies, but I've actually needed seasons of loneliness. I needed seasons where it was just Jesus. I didn't want to choose those seasons. I don't think that's God's end goal, heart, whatever. But don't despise a season of loneliness because you can find Jesus in ways that you can't. And man, I have found Jesus. I have such a rich relationship with Jesus and I'm not attributing it all to that, but seasons of brokenness and finding him when I couldn't find anyone else to help me. I've needed many challenging seasons in IV. So like Paul, he would say that I would not trust in myself, but in him who raises the dead. Again, guys, vision will give your pain a purpose. Vision for Jesus, vision for this kingdom. Guys, don't despise And this doesn't, I know it's not for everyone, but I know it's for a few of you. Don't despise what you may need in your life right now. Don't despise that housemate. Don't look at them right now, okay, if they're in the room. Or that roommate, especially if you're married to them. Woo! Don't despise that because God is using that to get something out of you that should never have been there in the first place. And I'll tell you, they'll change names. You try to outrun those people, they just change names. They're just like, this reminds me of Steve. Now you're Chris. Now you're Bobby. I can't get away from these people. God's like, yeah, I'm trying to get something out of you that shouldn't be in there. Oh, no, I'm moving on to other good stuff here. Don't you worry about that. You may need that coworker. Same story to teach you patience to learn to love people who don't love you. See, you don't even know if you have a servant heart until you're asked to serve. Can you put away the chairs? I don't do chairs. I do have a servant heart, but I don't do chairs. I'll do announcements so I can have a mic in my hand, you know? It's the same with love. You don't know how much you love until you actually have to love people who don't love you or are hard to love. It's easy to love those who love us. Again, that's Jesus' message, not mine. What reward do you have if you love those who love you? Even the sinners, he says, and tax gatherers do that. You may need this season of squeeze you're in. 
to give you Jesus. And again, for those that come to this church, you know me, that I'm not into that mindset of like God's giving people sickness, God's killing people early, disease, addiction, all that same. But I'm saying this, if you want endurance, don't despise how God often does it. If you want endurance, don't despise how God often does it. We're gonna be landing this whole plane with these two verses. These verses are killer, guys, and I'm sorry I'm bringing it. Happy New Year. (laughs) Consider it all joy. Hold up. Can we just pause on those first few words? All right, now we're moving on. (laughs) Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. See, he knew we needed endurance or we would just give up. Next verse. Same story here, but just swap out the word perseverance. Not only that, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hallelujah. Yes and amen. So we're going to do announcements. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Um, But first, let's do like a song or two. I just need to let this thing sit. Does that sound good? And then I'm going to have my wife, Holly, who's been such an example for me, honestly, of someone who doesn't waver and doesn't give up. I mean, I have never seen you waver, baby, when it comes to Jesus or the kingdom. And the way that you just tackle life and don't complain is like next level. I would love for you to come up and just pray that kind of blessing. Impart what you can (laughs) over us. But please, yeah, pray. And then we'll go into worship. Let's just do like 15 minutes or so, 10, whatever. Mm -hmm. God, we just thank you that you are worthy, that you are so good, and that you you deserve everything from us, God, that you deserve our whole hearts and lives and attention. And God, I pray that you would just help us to learn how to count it joy when we experience trials of various kinds, that you would help us learn how to just declare every day and throughout the day that we trust you and that we're going to continue to trust you no matter what, no matter what we face and no matter what opposition we have to endure, God, I pray that you would just give us endurance and perseverance and, and stamina to run the race well and to finish strong, God, that we would all just be people who know you and love you and follow you with our whole hearts for all the days of our lives, God, that we wouldn't just um, be sprinters who who run well for a season, but that we would be long-distance runners and we would finish the race well at the very end of our days, God, that we would be people who love you and just give our 
our whole lives to you for their entirety. In Jesus' name, amen.